get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What up, though, everybody? It's Mike. Um, I'm back with a, I guess, a, a solo podcast episode. Uh, I sat down to record an episode of my new uh, solo podcast, One Mike. I have a, a lot of stuff to cover on there, a lot of shows I've watched, a lot of fights I've watched. I haven't been able to record much lately, and um, I thought now would be a good time for me to sit down and do some of that recording. And, uh, you know, I sat down and... I just, I I opened up our, the app that we use, Audacity, to record, and uh, I was kind of compelled to uh, take a different route. Um, This isn't planned, you know, when when Otis and I record, we try to plan as much as we can. We, you know, we have a, a Google Doc that we update with topics periodically throughout the week, like, you know, things that we might want to talk about or, you know, a reminder that, oh, we got an email from, from Baylor or something like that. And, um, I, I, I I like that as a structure for us because it it helps us, you know, just try to keep some sort of structure, uh, to the, to the show. But, uh, right now I don't, (laughs) this was not planned. I don't have an outline. Um, this is going to be, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, honestly, um, or what I'm going to say. I just know that there's a lot that I think I need to get off my chest. I've been through a lot over the course of the past couple months, over the course of the the entirety of 2020, if I'm being perfectly honest, but um, particularly over the course of the past couple months. And I just felt like it was time for me to um, share that in some way. Um, I like to write, but Writing is such an arduous task for me. I have to. I feel like I have to be completely alone. I have to have no distractions whatsoever. I need an abundance of time because whenever I write something, even if it's a, a Facebook status, I, I reread it several times before I post it to make sure everything's worded perfectly. And doing that on a grander scale requires uh, so much time. Whereas you know, just hopping in front of this mic and and saying what comes to mind is a little bit easier. Uh, I'm not as uh. Not as not as adept with the words um, speaking as I am writing, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, but before I get into what what caused me to decide that I wanted to do a a what up though solo episode rather than uh, the more lighthearted stuff that I do on one mic. Before I get into that, I want to talk about um, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, it's right now. It's Monday afternoon. Uh, Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, the actor who played Black Panther, uh, that's what he's most, you know, well known for, uh, passed away Friday night. Uh, at least we found out about it Friday night. I don't know if it happened Friday night, but we found out about it Friday night. And this has been really hard for me. If you're, if you're a loyal, what up though, listener, I'm sure there's probably at some point where I have openly wondered why people are so obsessed with celebrities. And I still am uh, curious about that. I don't get the obsession with them. But um, even when it comes to celebrity deaths, I know I've talked about the cycle 
which is like you know this celebrity death where everyone's upset and then people start competing to see who who who's sadder than who else and it turns into a shit show but uh before i continue when i do one mic i don't i don't smoke cigars because it's difficult to smoke a cigar and and do a solo podcast because you you know <laughs> while i'm dr- taking a drag on the cigar that's that's dead air but um I got a cigar out here. I kind of need one. So if you hear, you know, a long pause that doesn't sound like me being reflective, it's probably me just just taking a drag on my cigar. But um, anyway, <clears throat> I'm having a lot of problems with this one, and I was a fan of Chadwick Boseman's, but not to a degree that um, warrants the level of sadness that I feel right now even a couple days later and it's not so much it's not so much like oh man I was a huge fan of his and now he's gone it's more like I keep thinking about I keep thinking about what was going on in his head over the course of the past four years that he was dealing with colon cancer and and I mean the guy the guy made a shit ton of movies during that time. He did a whole bunch of cool stuff, man. You like you, you would have never thought he was dealing with anything like that, and it made me wonder. And I hope this isn't the case, but uh, it made me wonder if he, if he, after the success of Black Panther, if he thought, you know, I don't have the heart to let my fans know that I'm dealing with something that could kill me, because he knew how important he is and that character is to um to so many people it's not it's not a it's not about a comic book character it's about representation it's about pride it's about hope you know have we seen black superheroes in movies? Sure, we had we had Storm and and X Men. We had uh, even Michael B. Jordan played uh, uh, fuck. Who did he play in that Fantastic Four? He played uh, Johnny Storm, I think. Uh, you know, we've had black actors who have played superheroes, but um, there was something different about Black Panther. There was so much pride in 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 who we are after we saw Black Panther. You know, there was so much, you know, everything was Wakanda this, Wakanda that. You got people, he was getting hit with that salute every five minutes. Uh, People were, uh, just couldn't stop talking about it. It was a good movie on top of that. It wasn't just like, oh man, we got this cool uh, black superhero headline in this movie. But it was like, it, it was so, it was just cool, man. Like, to see everybody so, so happy and so proud and how much he meant to people being able to see that on the screen all the just like an all black cast and a black director and it's like a good fucking movie and it's something to be proud of and and we have somebody who's 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 representing us and and there was just so much meaning to so many people like kids out there are like oh shit there's a black superhero whose costume i can buy or whose whose action figure i could get you know all that, and then you got adults like people like me who like, I, you know, while the, there have been black superheroes in movies, like I don't think there's ever been one that was the guy. You know, I mean Blade, but like, you know, with the MCU as big as it was, 
you know, to have somebody like that at the forefront was dope. To have an all-black cast and, a, you know, black director and all that good shit, like, for, for, for this movie, you know, there was some pride in that. And it was, it was... It was something to see for that time period after that movie came out, see all of us kind of like uniting together to an enjoyment of a movie, man, an enjoyment of a character and to have all that pride and all that joy. And and to, th- to look back at that, it makes me wonder if at any point Chadwick ever thought like, man, I can't tell my fans about this shit, man. Like, like it'll devastate people like they need they need me. They need this symbol. They need this hero like especially with everything that's going on right now in 2020, like, like what if he was like, you know, if he got really bad, you know, over the course of this year, like he's he can't, like everything, everything going on, he he's going to roll out. Yo, actually I got cancer too. Like on top of that, like I, I just hope, I hope he didn't say anything out of personal reasons and privacy. And he enjoyed every minute of his life, uh, up until the end, like he got to do everything he wanted to do. Like it really hurts me to think that maybe he might have felt like he couldn't, he couldn't say he couldn't say anything because it would have hurt so many people. But at the same time, like that's that's what makes that's what makes this so important is that uh, he was that. I mean, that's what makes this death so impactful is that he was that important. So like, you know, on the surface, it's like yeah, it's a guy that played a fucking superhero in a movie, but like it's bigger than that and. He knew that, I think. I, I like to think he knew that. And we know that. And that this all just really kind of sucks from that perspective, but even more so. And this is what I think really caused me to to struggle to grapple with this. And I wouldn't have even been able... If I, if I tried to do this Saturday morning, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, I had to... I, I planned on trying to do it Sunday and then I kind of let it go. And then I sat down to do, you know, what I eventually I'm going to talk about. And I was like, all right, this might be the time to talk about Chadwick. But um, the thing that makes it made it really crushing for me was the fact that we we've been through so much, man. Like this year, we being been being black people like, you know, we lost Kobe. In February, and I, man, I wasn't even that big of a Kobe fan, but like, I understand what that, what he meant to people, and then just from my perspective, like, man, like, I grew up, I not grew up watching this dude. I watched this dude's whole career, and I don't know, it's like he's like the biggest star since Jordan, and biggest star after Jordan and before LeBron. Uh, like it was crazy. Like, man, he, he just died out of fucking nowhere. But like, you know that that kind of you know that kick-started this shit year and and ever since man it's like how like how much more is going to be put on us as a people like how much how much more are we going to have to shoulder how much devastation are we going to have to get hit with like when is enough enough like when is it going to stop when is it going to slow down like we've been dealing with the police murders for a while now but particularly particularly this year like with with george floyd and and the the brazen murder of him like the 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 confidence to to kneel on that man for that long and look into a camera and not give a fuck like 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 the assault on black people by the police has been turned up several degrees over the course of 
uh, the past few years, but particularly this year, 2020, we already are walking around wondering if if I get pulled over, am I going to live? Am I going to see my family again? If I, you know, if if my kid goes outside to play, is is he going to pick up something that's mistaken for a gun and the cops do him like they did Tamir Rice? Like, you know, we got to think about this kind of shit. Like, like it's happening everywhere. Like, we never know. Like, that could happen to somebody that we know. Like, it's it's completely out of hand, and and there's nothing we could do about it. Like, it's 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 a it's a it's a roll of the dice. Like, you know, you get these these white folks out here. Like, oh, if he had just did what if he had just complied, he wouldn't have got killed. And it's like, yo, know, fuck that. That doesn't matter either. Like, it it's it ain't no, ain't none of these black men been killed due to compliance. So <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. But um, you know, we're we're dealing with that. And it's it's getting worse and worse. We can't do anything about it. And then on top of that, we got to start losing like heroes, like not even just like, oh, yeah, this black person died that was famous. Oh, that fucking sucks. Like like people who are adored by millions, whether it's that that person like Kobe, like Kobe is admired or or whether it's it's a it's a it's a an idea or a character like like Black Panther, like to have like to continue to get hit with so much hurt. Like, what did we do, man? Like, over the course of centuries, black people have just had to deal with everything, man. They've had to, they've had to, to you know, not even just slavery, but like, just like everything of, 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 of discrimination, segregation, uh, down to even, not even, I don't even want to call it minor, but it's minor in comparison to that kind of stuff. But like, you know, like, uh, you know, favoritism in 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 the workplace or prejudice as like in interviews things like that like it's like we're always working twice as hard to get half as much and all we've done is get shit on over and over and over and every time man we come out we persevere man like so many black people have done so much great shit and we've gotten so far and it's just like, man, when can we just be? Like, when can we fucking be without getting fucked with? Like, and it's like, we already got to deal with the fucking cop shit and the fucking racism and fucking Trump. Like, we already got to deal with that shit. And then on top of that, it's like life itself is shitting on us. And like, you know, we know you're down because of what's happening to your people. But fuck, th- we're going to fucking kick you while you're down. We're going to snatch Kobe. We're going to snatch Chadwick Bozeman. We're going to snatch fucking, uh, fucking John Thompson died today. Or at least I found out about it today. Maybe it was last night. He was, uh, you know, legendary coach of Georgetown. Uh, we had uh, Cliff Robinson, a player that played for the Pistons. Uh, he died. I, they had announced his death like the next morning after Chadwick Bozeman. Like, it's like, when is it going to stop? Like, when is it going to let up? And, and that's what made it so hard for me that night. Like, that night, man, that night, I really, really struggled with that. And then that next morning, too, like, it, it it's hard because I'm just like, man, I just want, like, can't we get, like, a, like, can't, can't life take the shit on black people foot off the gas for a minute? Like, I'm not even saying hit the fucking brakes, man. Just take the foot off the gas for a minute and give us a minute to breathe, no pun intended. Like, give us a minute to breathe 
before you keep fucking us over and over and over and over. And it's like, and then on top of them fucking us, on top of life fucking us and everything that we got to deal with, everything that we got to overcome, all the people that keep getting taken from us, we got fucking white people talking about fucking, uh, what about Black Panther 2? Okay, okay. Who gives a fuck about Black Panther 2? We don't give a fuck about Black Panther fucking 2 right now. Like, and we, we definitely don't need constant undermining of how we are mourning, undermining of how we are uh, responding to getting killed. I, we don't need white people's fucking opinions on how we res- how we fucking protest. You got white people out there talking about uh, about divisiveness. Like that's the only fucking it's 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 that's the only kind of it, white people are only pe- people with that level of privilege that they can get mad about sports not going on anymore. And saying that, you know, saying like, oh, sports is supposed to be a getaway. And now I got to deal with these fucking NBA players protesting. Uh, what the fuck you need to get away from? Ain't nobody fucking killing you for no reason. You don't got the fucking police killing you. What the fuck you got to get away from? What are you escaping? And then what do, they, what do they do? They're the perpetrators making themselves out to be the victims. And then they're talking about, uh, the whoa, whoa, why, why are these NBA players, I just want to get a break. Why are they being so divisive? divisive the the nba players the ones who are uh who are saying enough is enough we're tired of you killing killing our men killing our women killing our children when you're supposed to be protecting us police we're sick of this shit so we're not gonna dribble a goddamn basketball and that's divisive what's fucking divisive is the police killing people and you motherfuckers not caring about it that's what the fuck is divisive I think I think now is probably a good time <laughs> for me to get into what made me want to hit record on this in the first place. Um, I've been, <laughs> in case you haven't noticed, I've been getting angrier. Um, I, I don't I don't show it on the podcast, but it comes through in real life. Um, I've I've dealt with a lot this year. Um, anxiety, something that I know for a fact on this podcast, I called it some white people shit. Like only white people get anxious because black people don't dealt with so fucking much that the shit that makes white people anxious don't even fucking affect us. I, I know I, I've said it, I've said it, and now I've been dealing with it badly. Um, I've seen numerous therapists. Um, I've cried more in 2020. I'm, 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 I'm 38 years old. I'm going to be 39 in January. Um, I've cried more in 2020 than the entirety of the 37 years prior combined. I'm certain of it. I'm certain of it. Um, it's affected my uh, my physical condition. I've gained a ton of weight, and, and, and it's not just, I mean, fuck, I eat a lot, and I don't do shit, but <laughs> that's, a, that's the reason you gain weight, but um, it's my motivation, because in the, in the fleeting amounts of time that I have to 
uh, free in the sense, in, in my amount of time that I have free. And when I say free, I mean like I'm not working and I don't have to play dad. Because that, that's that's my life is is I work and then I play dad. And once the kids go to bed, then I'm free. It's about 9, 9.30 at night. So I have a two, three-hour window during the week if I'm pushing it to where I can be free. In that time, I'm not going, all right, let me head, let me go work out. <laughs> like, no, I, I want to spend some time with my wife. I want, we, you know, we like to watch shows together. That's my shit. I like to do that with her. Um, that's how I've been spending a lot of my time. Well, that's how I've been spending most of my, my free time, uh, you know, and, and then, you know, Wednesdays I record, you know, record this podcast with Otis. I, um, you know, I try to find some time to, you know, hang out every now and then. We had a cigar meetup on Friday that I went to, but by and large, I don't really, I don't really hang out anymore. Um, I get high every day, every day, and... I enjoy it. I don't do it solely for uh, to cope or for medicinal purposes. But I wonder, and this probably probably the reason, part of the reason why I don't, why I, it's turned into an every night kind of thing. Um, I don't know if I'd be able to sleep if I didn't. I don't know. And all this stems from how upset I am about what's happening to my people. I uh, I talked to someone recently and they told me that the reason this bothers me so much is that I'm, I'm, I'm overly empathetic. And that's something that I never considered before. I never considered myself necessarily to be an empathetic person. But it makes sense because all the things that I get mad about all kind of revolve around the actions of someone else and how they did not take others into account in those actions. And it's all, it could be something minor. It could be something major. Like I flip out like, Oh, if you get cut off on the freeway, do you flip out? Yeah. I flip out because somebody not paying attention or being a dumb fuck put me and my family at risk. So yeah, I'm fucking pissed and that's what it is. So, but so on the surface, you might look at that as like, oh man, all they did all was some driving shit. You just got cut off. Why are you that mad? I'm that mad because I don't I don't like that people I don't like when people are selfish and they don't take others into consideration when they do things. And and that kind of that 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 concept is what sparks everything that makes me angry. Everything. And it explains a lot, and I've been really, uh, I've been in a bad place because of what's happening to my people. Um, it's really hard for me to sit here and, and, and see it and watch it and not be able to do anything about it and have to see white people doing every bit of mental gymnastics to simultaneously explain why that black person had it coming and to mask their racism and i don't sometimes i don't think it's intentional racism i think it's like uh you know they don't know better 
in, in, in how they feel, but they know that what they feel is wrong. So they, they mask it with these, 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 uh, explanations of, of, of how said black man or woman or child could have avoided being killed by the police as if the police is, as if that's their job, you know, judge, jury and executioner all, all at one time, all in one moment. That's not their job. Um, they don't have, you know, they're supposed to protect us. That's why I support defunding the police. And I've said that I I don't think it's a good, I don't think it's a good slogan. It's not. Um, I think that it should be more something of, of revisiting how we look at public safety, but, um, that's why I support it. And I support it in every, in every variation of it that exists. Um, you know, I think the, the true meaning behind it is, is, uh, funding the police less and using that extra money to fund other things that are underfunded. Um, and, and I support that. And there are interpretations on it that mainly exist on the right to, to do as they do, which is, is stoke fear, um, that say they, they want to take away the police altogether. And guess what? I support that too. I support that too. Police, the police, uh, system is corrupt at its core. And I know that because I don't see any police standing up for what's right. I see the police doing the wrong thing and I see police who don't say shit, which is also the wrong thing. And I know that police don't say they don't stand up for what's right because they know that they could be met with some sort of repercussions because of it. Maybe you're out on a job and you need backup and somebody goes, yeah, fuck you. That's the guy that snitched on my racist buddy over here. Now fuck that guy. And now you're on your own with no backup because, uh, that's just how, that system works. And I think that, you know, I, I heard, um, I don't know who it was. I can't remember right now, but, um, someone said that, uh, it was someone on Bill Maher's show said that, um, Rick Wilson, he said that, you know, black people don't like the idea of defunding the police because we need the police the most bullshit. We need protection the most, but the fucking police don't fucking provide it. So I don't fucking need the police. I need so I, we we yeah I want to be able to call somebody if something happens out here that's gonna come here and that's gonna help me and protect me and 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 and, and make things right. I don't want to call somebody and think that motherfucker's gonna come in my house and shoot me because they're in the wrong goddamn house because they don't give a fuck about doing their job right and they don't give a fuck about protecting black people. That's why I don't give a fuck about the police. They don't give a fuck about protecting us. Fuck them. I don't need them anymore. We need to revisit public safety. We need to find a new way to help to help people. You know, we got police coming out for, you know, situations that maybe you could send a social worker out there. These people would like maybe, you know, they could just have somebody that just needs to be talked to to de-escalate. You know, and police coming out here with guns, they don't know shit but escalation. Especially when it comes to black people. You see it all the fucking time. I saw a couple of video couple of videos today alone of a white person turning the fuck up and a, the police didn't do shit. They didn't do shit. I saw one where he fought the fucking police officer in a grocery store. The police officer didn't do shit. Then I saw another video of a black man who put his hands behind his head and the goddamn police jump kicked him in the fucking back like a coward. That's why I don't need the fucking police. 
It's a fuck. All they, they're fucking pussies. That's all they fucking do is if they, oh, this is scary black man. Shoot, 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 shoot. Fucking bitch. I don't need the fucking police. They're cowards. That's why, that's the main reason people get into police in the first fucking place. Because they're too fucking spineless pussies to deal with whatever they dealt with in their life. They got picked on. No, oh, I want to get into, I want to have some powers. You know, I can pick on people because I'm a little bitch. That's all the fucking police do. I don't, I don't fucking need them. Fuck them. Fuck them. And you get white people going, oh, people, black, black folks are more defunding police. They're not going to say that uh, if they need the police. Yes, the fuck we will because the police don't do shit for me whether I need them or the fucking don't need them. Police are useful. Police are useful. Never. That's when the police are useful for black people. Never. Yeah, sure. There's some good ones. Yeah, sure. There's some ones who do, you know, honest work and who are helpful. Yeah, sure. Are 100% of the police corrupt? No. Do some of them do a good job? Sure. But by and large, it's corrupt, fucked up system that does nothing for black people. White people. Yeah, I'm sure you're protected and served. Yeah, you're protected, sir, because they're killing us for your benefit. To make you feel safe. They don't give a fuck about my safety. Get them the fuck out of here. I don't even know how the fuck I got on defund the police. I don't even know how the fuck I got on that. But. I was saying that. I'm, 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 I'm angrier right now. Than I've ever been. And. It's because of what's happening to my people. And. I said I've said a lot of um like a, a lot of wild shit on this podcast like I'm not going to lie like I I've said a lot of wild shit um I've I've I, I, when I say wild shit I mean like about white folks like I say a lot of wild shit about white people and there's some things that happen over the course of the past 2 weeks that put me in a space that even I wasn't comfortable with, with how I was feeling. Um, and before I started to say things that were even uh, a little wild, even by my usual standards, I felt like it was time to explain myself a little bit. And th- that's kind of why I'm here. Um, so <laughs> I've already, I've already pissed away 30 minutes, but um, I don't know. I guess I'll, I guess I'll start from the top. Um, I'm gonna, my cigar went out cause I haven't been smoking it cause I've been too busy yelling, fuck the police. Bear with me. I suppose I could have paused it. Uh, <laughs> And I also could have got a better light than the one I got, but actually, I am going to pause it. So that way you don't have to hear me struggle with this fucking lighter so I can get a good light on here. And then I'll, I'll restart it uh, in a moment. Yeah, I, uh, I need to get a new lighter. I just ordered a couple uh, online today. Uh, some little cheap ones that I used when I was at a, at a friend's house over the weekend. I got these expensive lighters and they stop fucking working all the time, so I keep... I'm like, well, I'm not going to keep buying expensive ones if I can buy cheap ones and they fucking work. And then I can't get the I can't ship these back to get them fixed because who knows when I'll see them again, <laughs> given everything that's going on with uh, with the mail. But anyway, so before I am going to talk about I, and I, I, I kind of I hit record on this with a big question mark of whether or not I was going to talk about um, the last two weeks. But 
Um, I think I will, but I kind of got to, I want to kind of start from the top. So um, there's a lot of people who've listened to this podcast over the course of um, the six or so years that we've been doing it. And there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of missing context to, um, to my, my rants about the behavior of white folks. And I'd like to provide some of that context. And that's the reason that I'm recording this podcast, because I I felt like it was time for me to give some context. So um, the first bit of context is if you don't if you don't already know, um, I'm I'm a mixed ethnicity individual. Uh, My my mom is black. My dad, my dad's white. Um, Growing up, I had uh, what you would what you would probably consider to be a a black uh, <laughs> uh, way of life. Um, I w- I'm born and raised in Detroit. I've lived in Detroit for um, over over 30 of my nearly 39 years. And <clears throat> I went to uh, Detroit public schools. Um, I went to black churches. I went to, you know, I ate black food I, my my family is is primarily black my white side um is uh virtually non-existent uh, my dad had one brother uh my uncle on my dad's side has no kids so i don't have any cousins on that side um and then uh you know he had his two parents who both died when i was pretty young so there, there's not too much going on uh on my on my white side as far as like uh, influence. Uh, whereas my black side, my, my grandmother, uh, on my mom's side had, had 10 kids. Uh, one died, uh, two died early. One died at birth, I believe. And the other died, um, very young. Uh, so, you know, eight that lived, uh, to, to, uh, to adulthood. And, you know, a lot of them had kids and, you know, they, they, they moved to other places. I, I have cousins that I don't really know that well or that I haven't met um, outside of funerals, unfortunately. But, um, you know, that side was pretty large. So that's where, you know, I, I was at my, my my grandma's house on holidays where, you know, all my aunts and uncles would come over and, and you know, we eat over there. And, and, and you, know, you know, that was, you know, my dad was the the outlier at those things. And when he when he came, sometimes he wouldn't go. But. Um, when he, when he did come, he was kind of the outlier. Um, <clears throat> he worked for the postal service, so, uh, he didn't really have days off like that, you know, uh, at least they weren't a given necessarily. So, you know, there might be days where he might not be able to come to something that we were all going to cause he had to work or then maybe he'd show up after work depending on the hours. Um, but, uh, by and large, I had a black upbringing. Um, I spent the majority of my childhood in the black church. My grandmother was a a pastor. Uh, Her husband, my grandfather, was a a bishop at the church. Um, My mom went every Sunday. Um, She usually went on Thursdays, too. Uh, I'd go to the church on New Year's Eve. Um, I was in the church all the time. I participated heavily. Um, Yeah, that was my thing. And I think for me as a kid, I think it was... It was less about religion and church and the Bible and Jesus and more about me as a kid being involved in adult shit. I think that's kind of really what drew me to it. And then as I got older, 
and I, you know, started to actually think, I was like, this shit's fucking dumb. <laughs> why would I, why would I, why would I participate in this? And I stopped and the rest is atheism history. But, um, yeah, you know, that was kind of, that, that was, that was my upbringing. Um, so I have a white father, but my upbringing was primarily black. Um, when I was in elementary school, I got picked on a lot, uh, being light skinned and, uh, at my school, I can't speak to what DPS was like at that time as a whole, but um, that's DPS is Detroit Public Schools. Um, I I got picked on a lot for the color of my skin, ironically, uh, by other black kids. They, you know, they call me white boy, white this, white that. Um, I got into a lot of fights, uh, having to defend myself when I was that age. Um, I found out that bullies can't fight. Uh, never lost a round. So, uh, but, oh, no, I take that back. One time I did, I, one time I've, I've lost a round, but it was not, um, it was not a, a for real fight. Um, it was actually, uh, one of my friends, he, he, um, he did something while I was, talking to someone or I don't I can't remember what he did but I turned around and I I fucking hit him right in the face I I I can't imagine what would have made me do that because right now I would hesitate before I well actually I almost said something wrong um I would hesitate before hitting some people (laughs) um but uh I don't know what made me haul off and hit him but uh he hit me back and uh I was eating Doritos at the time so the Doritos, he hit, he hit me in the face and, and he punched the Doritos into my gums. So, uh, I had to, uh, head out, head out to the bathroom and, and, uh, spit out a lot of blood. So that, that's the, that's the round that I lost. Uh, it wasn't a real fight. It wasn't like, you know, it was two guys who were cool and, uh, got a little heated. They hit each other and one, one came out of it worse worse than the other because he had Doritos in his mouth at the time. Um, but, yeah, I got picked on a lot. Um, I That kind of went away when I hit middle school and, and high school. And, and, and then I stopped having um, any kind of race-related... Mm. I don't want to say issues, but... Just stuff happening. And eventually, I kind of became the person that, um, right now, I probably, I, right now, I hate the person that I was in 2007, 2008. And I don't think 2008 Michael was wrong in how he felt. I don't even think 2008 Michael was ignorant in the sense of like, hey, he could have done more research. I think that everybody was ignorant to a degree. But um, so fast forwarding to 2008 um, and prior, um, and I'm citing 2008 specifically, you probably guessed by now, it was when uh, Barack Obama was elected president. I was uh, living in California at the time of the election. So the election was in November I was, uh, I moved to California in, um, 
August, I believe, 2008. And at that point in my life, there was a lot of, you know, I've always watched, kept up with politics. And there was a lot of, uh, as always, as there always has been, there's been a lot of like racial debates and discussions. And for the life of me, I never understood why black people blamed white people for everything that was going wrong in their lives. I say, you can't, when are you going to look in the mirror? Like, white people can't possibly be responsible for everything that's going wrong with you. Like, take some fucking responsibility. Like, what are you doing wrong? Maybe you should work harder. Maybe you should stop blaming everybody else and, and maybe you should think about blaming yourself. What are you doing? What are you doing wrong? What could you be doing better? Words that I would never say. In 2020, but in 2000, we'll say six, 2007, things weren't as 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 open and obvious as they are right now. And after Barack Obama was elected, that ironically was the impetus behind the shift in my my viewpoint. You would think a black person being elected president would only make me double down on what I was saying, but it actually made me change. Well, it didn't make me change my mind, but things that happened afterward made me made me shift my viewpoint. So I lived in California for two years. Over those two years, I started to notice... Um, Little things. Looks in the grocery store. Um, avoidance. Um, I never met a single neighbor when I was living in California. We lived in a uh, an apartment there. Never met a single neighbor. Nobody talked to us. I remember every time I went to the grocery store after Obama got elected, I always felt like all the white people in there were looking at us and not look and looking at us in a way like if you look at me again like that, I might have to ask you if we got a problem. And I started to wonder what changed? Why? Why Why do I feel like white people are giving me the evil eye now? And I realized, well, I don't want to say I realized, I hypothesized that maybe it was because they realized that burying their hatred of black people deep inside is what caused this country to put a black man in the White House. And now they were having something of a, a, an, a an emotional buyer's remorse. Like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't have been as, as uh, cordial with black people as I have been. Like, they, they, this, is, this is out of hand. Now, now one of them's in the White House. Now one of them's the president. And it's because I didn't 
say shit. Like I allow this to happen. Like that. This is me talking as as white people. I allow this to happen. And I, as I started to think that, I started to see more and more evidence that it might be true. I saw uh, more and more uh, crazy shit like on the news and on TV of like you know white people doing like wild racist shit and. You, you know, you fast forward to, uh, I want to say 2012 was when, uh, when Trayvon Martin was killed. I want to say maybe something like that. Um, and then you started to see more and more of, of, of the, of the killings. And you, then, then we, you know, we got the smartphones, right? So like 2008 was when I got. Uh, well, not 2008, but um, sometime while I was living in California was when I got my first like true f- smartphone. I got a I got a uh, an iPod Touch, which is just which was really just an iPhone without the phone. And I was like, "Yo, this is like some next level shit. Like, this is fucking amazing. I need one of these that works all the time. Like, <laughs> no matter where I take it." And then I got an iPhone, and I've had one ever since. And the, the the cameras are getting better and better. The storage is getting better and better. The batteries are getting better and better. And we are getting a lot more cell phone videos. And video after video after video of white police officer killing black man, child, woman over and over and over and over and i said to myself you were right that's what the fuck it was that's what the fuck it was they were chilling out because it was not a good look to be racist they look at it like my chilling allowed this black man to become president so I'm not chilling anymore and couple that with the emergence of of cell phone videos and you got a powder keg of of police killing black folks that just exploded over the course of the past if I'm right about 2012 over the course of the past eight years, that that powder keg exploded. And I've been really struggling with it because of not just my my own uh, mistakes and how I viewed how I viewed the world. But that crushing reality of, of realizing they hate you for no reason. You know, we talk about, well, we don't talk about it, but you hear about black on black crime. You know, whenever someone wants to talk about how we get mad about the police killing us, they go black on black crime. You don't get mad when black people do it. And, 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 that's not even true in the first place, but 
I'm going to speak from a from a, a Detroit perspective because I can't speak about other places. But Detroit has a reputation for being one of the most dangerous cities in the nation. I've lived here my whole life. I've never been robbed. I've never been shot. Never been carjacked. And that's because we don't kill each other for no reason. And I'm not going to sit here and, and try to pretend like black people kill each other for good reasons. They don't. It's over stupid fucking shit. Like some fucking shoes or uh, some uh, some beef you got with some motherfucker who, who, who deals drugs in your proximity. Like, I, I don't fucking know. But it's... Black people don't walk around and just shoot random people for fun. If you get shot in Detroit, it was either an accident or you did something. You were somewhere you shouldn't have been. You said something you shouldn't have said. And I always tell people about coming to Detroit, you'll be fine if you don't fuck with nobody. You don't got to walk, walk around here and play hard. Like you, That's how you get shot. You don't got to walk around and play hard. Just live your life, do your thing, and you'll be fine. And... That's just what it is. And but but when the police kill us, we didn't do anything. They kill us for no reason other than the fact that we black. So like that's what fucks with me as far as like this whole one of the one of the reasons this whole black on black uh crime argument doesn't hold weight. There's I mean, doesn't hold water. And there's many, many, many reasons it doesn't hold water. But that's one that isn't talked about that I think about a lot is that when we do it, we do it for a reason and it's almost never a good reason, but there's always a reason when they do it is for no reason other than the fact that your, your skin color intimidates me. That's it. Your skin color is intimidating. It makes me, makes me scared. So since I'm, since I'm in a position of power, and the government gave me this gun to use when I feel that my life is in jeopardy. That's what I'm going to do. And I feel that my life is in jeopardy because you're black and I don't know what you're going to do. You could do any fucking thing. And that's why they do it. For no reason. Just because just we're black. That's it. And... Over the, over the course of the past several years, this keeps happening over and over and over again. They, they, they keep killing us, and I already have to sit here and, and, and watch my people get gunned down for no reason by the people who are supposed to protect them. I have to sit here... And I have to wonder if something's going to happen to my son. He doesn't live with me all the time. He's with his mom sometimes. I don't know what she allows him to do. Is he going to be okay? They live in Farmington Hills. Is he going to be okay? I don't fucking know. 
Because it's white police of Farmington Hills and they kill niggas. So I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. I got to deal with that. And then, to top it all off, I got to deal with white people justifying it. Click on an article or video or tweet about some black person who was killed by the police. You will see so many white people justifying it. Why it's okay. That's the part that fucks with me the most. Because that lets you know it's not isolated. It's not that bad apples bullshit that the right tries to tell you or that the people who... Who, who support the police try to tell you, oh, there's just a few bad apples. No. It's not a few bad apples. And that's how you know. That's how you know. When you could see a video of a black man getting shot in the back seven times in front of his kids. And you click on that video and you will see hundreds and hundreds of white people Trying to make it okay. I've heard them say he ran from the cops. I saw him walk around his car. I didn't see him run. I've heard white people say he drew a knife on the cops. I heard there was a knife in the car. But let me tell you this. Ain't no black man ever thought about stabbing no fucking police officer. It's the dumbest fucking thing that you could think to do with your kids in the car. Is to walk away from the police... Get in your car, grab a knife, and attempt to stab the police. Who the fuck's going to do that? Nobody. But you find, you will find so many white people who will tell you that's why he's dead. Because of that. Because he was going to stab that police officer. They will find a way to make it okay for that black man to die. And that's how I know. It's not a few bad apples. It's not. It's a whole fucking orchard. And that has been really hard to accept. If I felt like maybe that person who gave me that weird look in the grocery store, that's a one-off. And maybe that one person just don't like black people. Fuck them. Maybe that one cop, trigger-happy racist who got into the wrong profession. Fuck. That fucking sucks. But nope. These aren't one-offs. This is how they really feel. And you want to know another reason why I know that's how they really feel? Because I get on this podcast almost every week, and I have to talk about something shitty that white people have done or said or that the or who 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 got killed this week by the police every fucking week I got to talk about that and every fucking week I say venomous shit about white people and I don't mean it to all white people obviously but I mean it as a whole and I know white people who hear me say that shit on that podcast and go Mike you're right I'm sorry for what my people are doing to your people and that is another reason 
that I know I'm not wrong. Because if I was wrong, I'd hear about it. I'd hear about it from white people. That's not true. But you know what I hear from the sensible white people in my life? I hear, I hear, I watched that video too and and I, I cried. It was horrible. It's horrible what they're doing to black people. Makes me sick. Everything you said is accurate. I'm ashamed of my people. That's how I know. It's not a couple bad apples. It's the whole fucking orchard. It's the handful of people who tell me that they're ashamed at what's happening to black people and that what's happening to black people is horrible. It's the fact that there's so few of them and so many of the excuse makers. And that's been really, really hard to live with because we didn't do shit. All we've done is get shit on generation over generation over generation. Why do they still hate us? Why? We haven't done anything. What do we do? What do we do? White people hate black people for nothing. Nothing. The black race has been subservient to them forever. We were their slaves. We built this country. We, we, we take these minimum wage jobs to make these rich white people even richer. Who, who, who give themselves massive bonuses while they pay their workers $7 an hour, which isn't even enough to feed your goddamn self, let alone your fucking family. They do that shit. And we just got to sit here and wonder why, despite everything black people have done for white people and for this country, they still want to kill us for no reason. Why? Why? I'd love to hear an answer. Why? Why do you, why do you hate black people? What do they do to you? I'd really like to know. So I've had to sit here and grapple with, not sit here literally, but I've had to grapple with that. And then, I've had to grapple with, um, workplace politics. At my job, I've worked, I've been at my job for uh, a little over eight years. I've been in, in what, what we call at my job leadership, what you might call it a, at your standard job, managerial, supervisor, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, I've been doing that for the past uh, three years and some change. I can't even begin to describe how hard it was for me to get into leadership. I had to deal with, so I had to jump through so many hoops. I had to jump over so many hurdles. Just to, just, 
just to get my foot in the door. I had to work twice as hard just to get half, just to get my foot in the door. I had a, I had someone who I was cool with when I first started at that company. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up sharing quite a bit here. I had someone I was cool with at that, at, at my job back when I first started working there. Um, she was um, in a leadership position or on the cusp of one at the time. And they hired this intern um, to this t- to my team. And I started, I, I started talking to the intern, like, you know, kicking it. You know, we never, uh, you know, we're like really like, quote unquote, dating or something. We never had sex. I never fucked this chick. But, you know, we was talking, you know, you know, a little here and there. Um, and she was really, really close with the the friend that I mentioned a moment ago uh, who was on the cusp of leadership. They were like best. They were BFFs, these two. So when I was kicking it with the friend, you know, we were kind of like, you know, we all three of us was cool. You know, it was like, all right, we cool, you know. Then I met my wife. And, um, long story short, I had to go, okay, I'm not gonna, uh, I need to make a decision here on which of these girls I actually want to pursue things with. Obviously, I ended up deciding to do that with my wife. Um, and I ended things with the other girl. And, and. She didn't take it that well, but she didn't take it that bad either. But her friend, who was now in leadership, she started acting different. Um, she didn't really fuck with me no more. And, and I mean, that's kind of understandable, right? You know, somebody, you know, you hurt somebody hurts your friend's feelings, you know, fuck that dude. Like, you know, I get it. But we're all adults at the end of the day, right? You know, we're not going to. Uh, we could still, you know, be civil and shit, right? Nah. So, I had back surgery in, in 2013. Um, I was, I'm not going to go into the whole thing. That's a whole story in of itself. But, um, I had some really bad back issues and I needed to have a, a, a plate removed from my spine. God, it sounds horrible. Uh, well, it was. But, <laughs> um... So that's what happened. I had that back surgery. End of uh, 2013, I think. And I was out for... Uh, I was bedridden for... Well, no. I was out of work for three months and bedridden for probably at least one. Um, I was walking around. I was staying at my mom's house at the time. And I was walking around with a, a walker. Like, not even a cane, a walker. Um, and that was all I could do was use the walker to go to the bathroom. And that was it. And I drag my crippled ass back to the bed and load up on more drugs and sleep and wake up, sleep, wake up. That's actually when I started watching Game of Thrones, but it's neither here nor there. Um, one day, uh, during the winter, this was during the winter. Um, I posted something on Facebook as a picture of Debo from Friday. And, um, it made a joke about. Uh, my job 
um, wanting people to come into the office despite the really bad snowstorm that had happened. Just a really, you know, really not stupid, but, you know, a little goofy ass meme, like nothing, nothing big. And I tagged one of my friends that from work who I was Facebook friends with. I tagged her on that post. When I returned to work after that three months, they immediately called me into the office and gave me shit about that post. And I thought, one, what's the big fucking deal? And two, how the fuck did you even find out about this? And I went and looked, and the friend who I tagged on that post was mutual friends with the person from earlier who didn't fuck with me after I stopped talking to her friend. And I thought, this bitch set me up to get fired. She saw that post. She's still pissy about me not talking to her friend no more. And she brought that into work. And she told on me with the purpose, with the intention of getting me in trouble, getting me fired. And uh, I wasn't fired. Nothing came of it. It was just talking to. Um, Then I went about my life. Um, I realized that I had to get off that team because uh, this person clearly had it out for me. Uh, So I knew that my ceiling was very low on that team. So I need to get out of there and go somewhere else. And that's what I did. I went to a different team and um, things went pretty well. Fast forward to the magnificent year of 2020. Like I said at the start, um, lots of anxiety multiple therapists, and also time off work. I work a, you know, I have a pretty stressful, stressful job. And um, there's a lot for me to to deal with on the day-to-day. And I had other shit going on uh, outside of work. And I said, you know, take a couple days off. Just to kind of, you know, Figure some shit out. Take a couple days here. Take a couple days there. Nothing too crazy. Nothing that would look like an attendance problem. But just, you know, I'm going to take some time. I had a lot of time off accrued because I don't typically take time off. So um, when I say a lot, I mean, I've, I, I typically live around six weeks of time that I can use. So, yeah, a lot of time. So I took that time. I took time off sporadically. And I said, "Okay, well. Let me try to let me try to manage shit. And we've got, you know, all the shit that's been happening with with COVID. And, you know, we got sent home. I've been working from home since uh, early March. Um, I've been, uh, you know, Dealing with things here and there, but, you know, by and large, I felt like I was getting by. Uh, but eventually, a lot of everything that I've mentioned started to really wear wear on me. You know, the constant uh, uh, assaults from the police on, on, on black people and um, having to constantly see 
um, white folks just, um, you know, like I said earlier, justifying it and all that. And I got to a point where I said, you know, there's a lot of fucked up things going on out in out in the world that I don't have any I don't have any say over. What I do have a say over is my own mental health. I can try to take care of myself as best I can. Because there's just too much going on. And I just think I need a break. I need to get away. Not get away literally, obviously, during COVID. But I need to... I need to take time to enjoy, to enjoy life and to not have so much of my life be consumed by stress and hatred. So I talked to um, one of our HR people and I said, you know, I'm doing, I'm, I'm dealing with a lot. It's been a hard year. I don't ever take time off, but I think I need a break, a long one for mental health purposes and she looked at all the time off i had at the time i had like six weeks she's like man like go ahead take that time off like what the fuck like she didn't say what the fuck this is me talking but like her her kind of like her her the energy she brought to the conversation was like yeah fucking take that time man like shit you know that's the kind of energy she brought to it and i said all right well uh, I think I am going to do that. And she was like, all right, well, talk to your uh, talk to your direct leader and their leader. I'm going to tell you the title so that way um, it makes sense. So um, I'm a leader. My leader, their title is director. And a director's leader, their title is DVP, which stands for Divisional Vice President. So the HR person told me, talk to your director talk to your DVP, bring them in the loop. It wasn't like ask them permission. It was bring them in the loop and it take that time. I was like, all right. So I talked to my director. She was like, yo, I feel, look, again, this isn't what she said, but this is the energy she brought to the conversation. Mike, I feel you. Take that time. It's all good. We'll manage. Take care of yourself. That's the kind of energy that I, that's the kind of energy I like. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the support because I'm somebody like I mentioned at the top, pretty empathetic. So I appreciate I also appreciate when somebody is sympathetic with me. And I told both of them, the HR person and my director, that part of the reason is because of all the shit that's happening to my people out here. Like I like I'm having a hard time. So I go to talk to my DVP. And I say, man, I need a break. Mental health, dealing with a lot, yada, yada, yada. This motherfucker says, didn't we deal with this in January? That's not some shit you say to somebody who's telling you they're struggling with mental health right now. Who's watching their people bleed out in the street. Every fucking week. Who has to deal with you, DVP, your behavior, 
every day. Your privilege. Your white cuntiness. I got to deal with that shit. And you going to fucking ask me, didn't we deal with this in January, you punk motherfucker? I've never been that angry in my life. Never. I got off the phone with him, and I went right back to that HR person. And I said, when I come back, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not reporting to him anymore. That's it. I can't control what these white people are doing out in this street, but I can control what this white piece of shit just said to me and all the shit that he says all the fucking time because he's white and he's privileged and he's powerful. And that's all that matters in this fucking country. White, powerful. That's it. He got to, he got to say that shit to me for the last fucking time. He might be able to talk to other people like that. He's not going to fucking talk to me like that. I'm not taking this shit. I'm out. And I emailed, I emailed her. This wasn't a phone conversation. I, one of the most venomous fucking emails I've ever read. Fuck him. Fuck him. I'm not taking this shit. You don't fucking talk to me like that. I, I let it out. And I came back two weeks later, no less angry. I said, I'm calm right now in this moment, but fuck him. I want out. I want to go to another team. And they said, all right, we can make that happen. We'll, we'll work on that. But you got to tell them. You got to tell them. All right. I tell him. I tell him. So I talked to him. And, you know, I said, we've had our team members on a 55 hour work week for over a year. We talk about taking care of the people who work here. And we are giving them, you know, randomly selecting people to get a uh, $100 gift card or uh, an Amazon card or some fucking Dairy Queen or some stupid shit like that. Why don't you take all this money we're making and use it to hire some fucking people so they don't have to work 55 fucking hours every week for a year and they can have a regular work week like fucking decent human beings and stop being treated so goddamn inhumanely. Why don't we fucking do that? I'm not comfortable with how we're treating people. I'm not comfortable with you and how you told me. You said, didn't we go over, the, didn't we deal with this in January? And then I left this out. Then this motherfucker told, pulled up the time that I had taken off and is like, you took some time off here, you took a day here, you took a day here, counting the fucking days that I took off. Mind you, I had 260 hours of paid time off to use. That is over six weeks. And he's telling me about the handful of time that I had used in this shit year of 2020. And I said, I didn't appreciate that shit. And that lets me know that you only care about me being here in a way to serve you rather than actually caring about who I am as a person and my and how I feel. And he goes, oh, that was only just to, 
to and th- oh, mind you, the HR person is on the phone right now, so he has to play. He has to play nice. He he says, oh, I just wanted to make sure that it wasn't some work stuff that was going on, and and I I didn't have the full the full discussion because I just wanted to not talk to him. But you don't count the days that somebody had off. Like what what does that prove? If you if you if you're concerned about whether or not the nature of my job is impacting my mental state. What does the time that I took off have to do with that? You could say, oh, you've 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 taken a lot of time off. Are you OK? Or, um, you know, I, I want to make sure that that, you know, the job's not, you know, the problem. Is there anything that the job is doing that maybe I could dial back or something like that? No. You counted my fucking days that I used, which is a real short fucking count, by the way. But you counted my fucking days. And he lied right there in front. Like he lied. He and he was like, you know, I, you know, Mike. Uh, uh, it's it's surprising to me that you feel this way. I was just thinking the other day that you know, if if uh, I had some paperwork that I need to to uh, uh, to destroy, I was gonna think you know maybe have Mike come over and we could smoke a cigar and burn this paperwork in the fire. What a fucking lie! Like. <laughs> He barely knew who the fuck I was for like the first month after he joined this team. He had no interest in me, my development, my growth, my my career. None of that. He didn't give a fuck about me. And he's going to sit here and lie because the HR person's on the phone. He's going to sit here and lie and go, oh, like he, I was thinking about having you over for cigars. The fuck out of here. You're going to have me over for shit. Fucking try that shit. He, he thinks everybody he's. He's like the president. He thinks he's smart and everyone else is dumb. Like that kind of shit might fly on a, a lesser of an intellectual than myself. But don't fucking try that shit with me. Fuck out of here. So anyway, conversation ends. I still say, yeah, I want out. Uh, I don't really give a fuck. I want out. I'm not fucking with you no more. And then. All I said that I wanted was I want to go to another team. I like to keep I like to have comparable pay. I'm not saying I'm trying to keep my same pay. I will take a pay cut. I will take a pay cut to get out of here. But I need it to be comparable, not a massive pay cut, something decent. And I don't want to go back into production like a being a person who like has to, you know, keep an efficiency and, and, and keep track of all my work and, and, and constantly be going, going, going. You know, I like the, I like the, um, the kind of uh, the, the self-motivation and the, uh, not being micromanaged that comes with, with my leadership position. All right. All right. We'll work on that. A few days later, effective Monday, I want you to go back into production so that, uh, you know, while we look to replace you and while you look for another another spot. I said, all right, well, that's fine. You know, it's temporary, whatever. I can do this. Fuck it. I'll do it. And I found out about a job on another team that I was the perfect fit for. I'm not going to go into too much detail. You're going to largely have to take my word in that I'm per- I was perfect for this job, but um I will say that one 
they are in desperate need. And two, I fit everything that they needed. They would not find a better person for this position than me. I had the skill set necessary. I have the experience. I have the knowledge. And they needed somebody. Perfect fit, right? I apply for this job and they send me this homework assignment. Kind of like, uh, you know, do this assignment so we can make sure you're fit to interview for this role. Simon was hard as fuck. Took me several hours over the course of many days to get it done. It ended up being six pages long by the time I was done with it. Six pages. And I sent that over. And a few days later, I was told, nope, you don't get the interview. I said, what? The fuck you mean I don't get the Like, I shouldn't have even, I shouldn't even have to interview. I shouldn't have even had to do that assignment. I'm so good for this role. Y'all should have been willing to roll the dice and just have me come over just sight unseen. Like, yo, fuck it. Let's bring them over. They already knew me over there because I had worked with them before numerous times. What the fuck you mean I don't get to interview? Well, you had some, uh, uh, some of your, your, your assignment was, uh, they said it was unfinished and unfinalized. <laughs> if any of you listen, listening to this, are friends with me on Facebook, you've seen how I write. You've heard me talk on this podcast. Do I ever sound unfinished or unfinalized to you? Does that sound like something that I would provide to somebody who I'm looking to employ me? I'd provide them with something that is unfinished and unfinalized. Does that sound like something I'd do? I even took the care to bold the questions so that they stood out for my answers and then justified the, 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 the words on the page. So you justify on in Microsoft Word. That's what I mean. Not justify like explain, but justify like so that it's, it's straight lines down both sides as opposed to like, you know, the right side. Being like, you know, one line ends here, the other line ends there. They all, you know, it's a straight line everywhere. Just to make it look neat and just to make it look proper. And they told me it was unfinished and unfinalized. And I was like, you know what? I'd like a little bit more feedback because that's bullshit. So let me hear a little bit more. And they nitpicked and found things that they they, they didn't like about my assignment. None of which, mind you was anything that would make me unfit for this for this job or not even unfit for the job unfit to interview i didn't even get to interview so i purposely left out one important fact which is the person who um was the is the in charge of whether or not i was going to get that interview or ultimately hired on that team is friends with my DVP who I told he was the reason that I wanted to leave. Did my DVP fuck me over? I don't know. Is it a coincidence that it just so happens that I didn't even get an opportunity to try out for a role I'm clearly capable of doing, fit for? 
Is it a coincidence? Maybe. No. It's not a coincidence. But I can't prove it. So now, here I am, no longer in leadership, which is one of the things that I said that I wanted to continue to do. I didn't say I wanted to move, leave out of leadership. I just said I want to change teams. Here I am, no longer in leadership, in production, which I said I did, which I expressly said I did not want to do, and still on the same team, report underneath the same DVP. So I got none of what I asked for and all of what I didn't. And it's all because I didn't play by their rules. I wasn't a good little nigger boy who just took his little commands and did what he was supposed to do and say, yes, sir. No, sir. Nope. I said, you know what? I'm not going to let you treat me like this. I'm not going to let you talk to me like this. I don't like the way you're treating the rest of the team members. And I want to leave. And now here I am. With none of what I asked for. And all of what I didn't. And all I'm left to sit here and wonder. Is. Why. Do they hate us so much? Why does it all have to be so hard? Why is it all a big political chess game or a game of uh, who's willing to brown nose who? Who's willing to take shit needed? Who's willing to not say anything when rich white men in power berate, belittle, and emasculate you? In a room full of other people because that's what they do. Because they can. And it's accepted. So that's how you treat people. I've seen it. I've heard about it. Corporate America, the farther up you go up the ladder, the more of a bitch you become. The more you talk to people like they're less than you. The more you feel empowered by your power to treat people like shit. And that's why I wanted to sit down and record this podcast because I want to explain to you guys why I come on this podcast every week and I get so angry and I get so frustrated and I shit on white people 10 times harder than Otis does. But that's why. Because every fucking day Every fucking week, every fucking month, I got to sit here and watch mediocre to bad white people flourish and watch the police kill black people for no reason. And then I got to go to work and I got to see mediocre white people flourishing in all their mediocrity. And me, somebody who has performed exceptionally at my job, exceptionally, 
get treated like a fucking third class piece of shit by a white man with power. That's why the fuck I'm so mad all the fucking time. All right, y'all. I think that's enough. Um, I don't know if I covered everything that I wanted to cover. Like I said, I didn't come out here with a plan. I didn't come out here with notes. Um, I didn't. I didn't know what was gonna happen. Um, but that's the space I'm living in right now, and I hate. I hate that I feel that way. I hate that I'm that angry at a group of people. And then I stop myself because I think that I'm mad at them because of their skin color. Because, you know, I say white people, white people, white people. And I'm not mad at them because of their skin color. Like they are at us. Like they they, they kill us and they treat us like shit just because of our skin color. We didn't do shit. I'm mad at them because of what they're doing. What they're saying. Their actions. The murder. The justification of murder. The getting away with murder. And just continuing to flourish. So much privilege. You can do whatever they want. You know, I, I, I take my kids for drives every weekend. So they can go to sleep. So my wife can get a break. And I drive down Jefferson. Jefferson is a street that runs downtown. And then it runs by the Detroit River. And then it runs into other various suburbs. But the spot that runs across the Detroit River, my parents used to take me there when I was a kid. And we would go there just to look at the houses, mansions, off the water, boats, everybody in boats just enjoying the weekend, big ass houses and shit. And we would go there with our, I don't want to say we weren't poor, but like, you know, lower, lower middle class, you know, life. And then we would go through there and we would always stop at a 7-Eleven and get some Slurpees, (laughs) you know, fucking, fucking dollar for some Slurpees. And we're just looking at these people's massive houses. And now I do it. I take my kids down there. And my kid, they, they don't, you know, they're not looking at it like the way I did when I was a kid. Because I was old enough to actually be like, man, these fucking houses, man. My daughters, you know, I, I, took, I took my son once or twice. But my daughters I take every week. Because I, usually I take them for drives before I go pick up my son. So he doesn't see that. And, you know, normally they're asleep. So I'm watching. You know, I'm looking out the window. I'm looking at these houses, man. I'm like, man, these houses are massive. And I'm looking at the people on the boats, on the water. I'm like, man, they're having such a good time. And then I get so angry. Because I'm like, they get to sit out there on the water on the weekend in their fancy-ass boat, in a nice-ass house, without a care in the world, and their Trump sign out in front of their house. And here I am, not too far away from him, my car, and I got a struggle to just change teams at work. I got a struggle to make, I got a struggle to get through every day. Because of what their people are doing to my people while they're chilling out here on the boat. 
having a good time. And I just got through crying because we lost yet another black hero. And I just got through crying because y'all keep killing us for no reason and then justify it and make excuses and celebrate it. And you got 17-year-olds going from Illinois to Wisconsin with rifles shooting motherfuckers and walking past the police and going right the fuck back to Illinois. And then I got to watch a black guy get shot in the back in front of his kids by the police. And y'all just out there in that boat having a good old time. And it makes me, I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of it. I really am. I'm sick of the hurt. I'm sick of the hatred. I'm sick of the damage that's being done to my people and having to watch it. And I'm sick of watching them living a carefree life. Not having to wonder if they're going to get killed or if someone they know is going to get killed or if their kid's going to get killed by the police, the person who's supposed to protect them for doing nothing other than just being black. They don't have to worry about being exceptional at what they do at work and still having to play politics and get shit on. They don't have to worry about that. And you can just sit on that boat in the water, in the sun, and just enjoy life. And it makes me hate them so much. And I hate, I hate that I hate them. And then I remind myself, you don't hate them because of the color of their skin. You hate them for what they've done, what they do what they justify, what they represent, and what they don't care about. And then I feel a little bit better. And I think maybe one day I won't feel this way. Because I don't think that things are going to change, not anytime soon. I think things are going to actually get worse. I think they're going to continue to get worse. But I think there's got to be some way I could take myself and my family out of it. Take them away from this country. You know, you talk about best country in the world. Best country in the world, my ass. This country's a piece of shit. This country's horrible. Horrible. Unless you're white. Then it ain't half bad. But if you're an immigrant... If you're black, if you're gay, if you're a woman, black woman, it's not so great. You get sick, this country ain't so great. If you want a good education, this country ain't so great. We put a fucking mentally handicapped cunt as the secretary of education of this country. It ain't too great. 
If you don't like the country, just leave. I'd fucking love to. Why don't you use some of your fucking money and pay my way to fuck out of this piece of shithole, huh? How about you do that? I'd fucking love it. Get me the fuck out of here. This country has been good to black people? Never. Never. Black people really think like, oh, if you don't like it so much, just leave. Like they, like, like this is really a good place to be. Don't threaten me with a good time. I'll get the fuck out of here the first moment I can. I guarantee, listen, when my son is old enough to not need me, if he's okay with it, I will get the fuck out of here. I will get the fuck out of here. Because I've learned over the course of this this year and over the course of the past few years, this country ain't for us. This country ain't for black people. They don't want us here. And we don't need to be here. We've persevered over their shit for generations. We don't need them. We can go. And we should. Because there's nothing for us here but hatred. And it's always been there. Whether it's at the surface or it's below the surface. Whether they bury it or whether it's uh, outwardly shown, expressed, whatever. It's always there. It's always been there. And it's always going to be there. The best that we can hope for is that they start burying it again. And if that's the best we can hope for this country is that white people resume burying their hatred of black people, if that's the best we can hope for, fuck this country. Peace, y'all. I'll be back with Otis on Wednesday. Um, I hope this helps me feel better. I do. And I hope this helps some of y'all feel better because I've been feeling alone. Even though I know I have no reason to feel alone. There's a lot of people who feel like this. But my anger is so high. And I hope that me sharing this will help y'all understand why it's high. And then I hope some, you know, if some of y'all are dealing with that too. I hope that it helps you feel better about, um, about what you're dealing with. So um, me and Otis will be back on our shit on Wednesday. And uh, I'll see y'all then. Peace.